welcome to another episode of Parminio. Rhetoric and the Chief of Staff positioning the role for success in defending against attacks. That's going to be the purpose and the objective of this episode of the podcast. Now, I'm kind of positioning this episode as one that's for advanced practitioners only because the the topic is a little bit esoteric, um, rhetoric and defending the position and the role. It's for people that have a keen interest in this topic and want to be able to uh, defend and promote the role for success. And practicing rhetoric and logic is a worthwhile topic and endeavor in any event because it can make you a more effective debater, a more persuasive leader within an organization. You can help to spot fallacious attacks within an organization and better able to respond to them by practicing rhetoric. Rhetoric is about persuasive language and speech. And as a matter of fact, if you look at what Socrates said, he said this. He said, must not the art of rhetoric, taken as a whole, be a kind of influencing of the mind by means of words, not only in courts of law and other public gatherings, but in private places also? And he's exactly right. In public discourse, in private discourse, um, when people are discussing different topics and debating, um, use of rhetoric and persuasive speech is important. People describe rhetoric as having four qualities. Number one, language is constitutive, meaning we are shaped and we shaped people's other thoughts by language. Number two, language is dialogic. It exists in a shared space between yourself and others. Um, Language is closely connected to thought, of course, and it has social, cultural, and economic practices associated with it. All right, so in any event, what we're going to do is talk about rhetoric and the role of the chief of staff to understand and determine ways to articulate the role for positive success and to defend the role against negative, uh, fallacious attacks. Um, In our last two episodes of the podcast, we did a couple of things. First of all, we articulated the role of the chief of staff in such a way that it gives it a positive theme and a unifying message that allows people to better understand the role and how it fits into their organization. And what we said was the role of the chief of staff is invariably to help drive and implement the agenda of the CEO. And how they do that is by synchronizing and prioritizing the people and what they're working on in the organization the processes and the projects and initiatives within the organization and driving them through the operating cycle. And that helps them to assist their partner in implementing and achieving that agenda. And we've said, well, what is the agenda of the CEO? And basically that is the vision of the CEO and where they want to take the organization, a desirable, inspiring, motivating end state the values that they have and how they want people to um, behave within the organization and adhere to as they're pursuing that vision, the objectives and the goals of the organization that they want to have, because those must be completed to move towards that vision and that destination, 
and then how we measure those things and those goals and objectives and what our feedback loops are and how we make adjustments and how we measure progress. And we also said a good proxy for the, the, the agenda is the V2 mom, Mark Benioff's V2 mom, which is his vision, his values, his methods, which are interchangeable with objectives, the obstacles that get in our way, and the measurements, the key results. And so if you think about it like that, it helps to give us a, a high level vision and understanding of the role of the chief of staff that gives it meaning and purpose decreases uncertainty about the role because we can better understand how it fits within our organization and increases confidence in the idea of the chief of staff now in public discourse which you know can be in-person uh, social events uh, it can be social media online it can be written publications there is often discussed discussions of the role of the chief of staff people are asking what the role is what's it about and the lack of a unified vision or theme um, makes it the position less understood and more easily attacked and maligned um, so for example if you ask somebody what the role of the chief of staff is and they say well it depends or they say well it's different in each uh, organization and role it those answers it can be different things each role has a different flavor, of course, but at the end of the day, the role of the chief of staff across organization to organization is consistent and clear. You're helping your partner to implement and achieve their agenda. Um, but because the role hasn't been adequately and clearly defined with a high-level unifying theme, it's much easier to attack it, as we're going to see. Now, in one... Um, public discourse on social media, Quora. I'm going to go through an example of how the role was attacked and how it makes people um, feel when it's attacked and how people will abandon people that are shunned or shamed and go towards people that are allowed to dominate. And that's why it's important to be able to defend with rhetoric attacks from people that are emotionally charged and emotionally elated. So anyways, there was a question on Quora. Now, this was a couple of years old, but it said, what do you think about the chief of staff in a startup? And one of the first responses to this was by a person who was a CEO, and it is a very emotionally charged statement. And when I read it, you're gonna see that it's very, it has a lot of intensity to it. Also has a lot of fallacious arguments to it that we're going to point out and see because we're going to use these fallacious arguments to talk about how we defend against them and position the chief of staff role for one of positivity and one of um, a positive vision of how the role interacts within the organization. Okay, so let's get to the quarter example. The question was, what do you think of the chief of staff role in a startup? And then this person who was a, a CEO, and I don't want to attack this person. This person is, has a right to their own viewpoints. We have freedom of speech in this country, and this person is fully allowed. And I embrace uh, people having a wide range of, of viewpoints on topics. So those creates healthy debate. So this person's answer was, to that question of what do you think of chief of staffs in a startup, this person first says, 
No, no, no. A chief of staff in a startup? Give me a break. That was their opening salvo. And then they went into four uh, points that they made to further discredit the role of the chief of staff in a startup. And the first discrediting statement was, you want to be hands-on as a CEO, and having a chief of staff does the opposite. So their, their implication of that statement was that if you hire a chief of staff, in some way it's going to make you less hands-on as a CEO, which, if true, that might not be a good thing. The second attacking statement this person makes is, next thing you'll know is you'll have all the VPs report to the chief of staff which of course we know is, is a, that's a very distorted, exaggerated statement. Nobody's saying that if you're gonna hire a chief of staff, all of a sudden they're gonna report, your VPs are gonna report to that person. So anyways, we'll get back to that. The third statement was, adding a chief of staff is an unnecessary use of money. Well, that's debatable, I guess. For this person, that's the way they feel. And the fourth uh, statement this person made was that adding a chief of staff takes you away from the action, and that's the last thing you want to happen as a CEO. You, you want to be close to the action, and somehow hiring a chief of staff will take you away. Okay, so this person has a very strong negative sentiment towards the role of the chief of staff. And this, this statement, this response to the question of what do you think of the chief of staff in a startup, uh, got 2,900 views, so I've got a pretty, pretty few views on Quora, got 22 upvotes. David Rose, who is a pretty prominent person within startups and talking about startups and whatnot, uh, he upvoted it. He has 87,200 followers on Quora, which is pretty, pretty solid. David Rose has 42.9 million content views, which is a lot. So David Rose, prominent person, people respect him. He endorsed this viewpoint. So um, obviously if you're a person in a startup associated with David Rose or people that are, you know, follow David Rose, and they read this and hear David Rose speak about it, they're gonna have a very negative connotation and feeling for the chief of staff. That may not be based on any re reality in terms of a of, of, of factual discussion and the basis of the merits of the chief of staff. Okay, so when, let's just look at these statements a little bit. Um, the first one was, you want to be hands-on as a CEO and having a chief of staff does the exact opposite. Um, if you understand and articulate the role of the chief of staff as we've discussed it, Whereas the chief of staff, their, their core role is helping the CEO to implement and drive forward their agenda. And they do that through their knowledge of processes and projects and, and working with people within the organization to make sure that things are being planned on as a CEO. But anyways, it's a, it's a nice attack and it's an exaggeration of the position of the chief of staff. So that's a, a, what I, we would call a straw man. It's a distorted, exaggerated misrepresentation of the chief of staff role, which most of these four statements were invariably some kind of a straw man attack, right? All right, 
when you're dealing with fallacious attacks, whether they be straw men or ad hominem attacks, how do you deal with them? How, what's the best way to defend and then approach your position based upon one using rhetoric to sway the audience emotionally um, to your side of the view of the discussion? Well, number one, one of the first things you can do is use clear, definitive language uh, around your positioning of your viewpoints. And this takes us back to the role and purpose of the seat of the chief of staff, because if the role hasn't been clearly articulated, and if there's been a lot of gray areas around it, and that has to do with the answers to people that are given when they ask what the role of the, of the chief of staff is, if you say it's the right hand to the CEO, or if you say it's, well, it's difficult to say it's different in each organization, or if you say, well, it depends, that means you do not have a clear, and you're not using clear, definitive language about the role of the chief of staff. That makes it much easier to be attacked with rhetoric such as these straw man arguments. Okay, so if we're positioning the role with a clear uh, vision, a unifying theme, simple language that is clear and resolute, makes it harder to attack. But since it's, it's, there's so much misunderstanding about it, and the way people usually, usually describe the role helps to reinforce that uncertainty and misunderstanding, it's easier for a person like this to attack it with negative, strum and fallacious arguments. So first and foremost, you can use clear, definitive language, and that's what we're trying to do um, by developing a high-level vision of the role. Second, you can point out the straw man arguments that this person is making. This person is using straw man arguments. Nobody is saying that the VP should report to the chief of staff. I don't, I've never heard anybody say this. Nowhere in, in any organization I've looked at and studied, this is not the case. Um, so you can point out the straw man. Third is you can use persuasive rhetoric to combat these positions. And that's what we're going to kind of go through. We're going to go through some examples of how we use rhetoric along with our clearly articulated definition, our vision of the role of the chief of staff to position against these attacks in a successful way. And doing this and practicing this allows us to create a positive image of the role of the chief of staff so that when the role um, becomes one that exists within an organization, it has positive connotations associated with it, not negative. And people can understand how it fits into the organization and how they fit within the organization to it so it makes sense because people do a lot of sense making on these types of things. All right, so let's go through an example and counter these arguments one by one. Um, the first negative straw man attack that this person used on Quora was they said, well, you want to be hands-on as a CEO and having a chief of staff does the exact opposite. So if I was going to defend the role and, and use rhetoric to uh, discuss and defend against this comment, I might say something like this, you know what, you know what, you're absolutely right. And you know, as a CEO, you want to be hands-on, but you want to be hands-on with the right things too. You don't just want to be hands-on for the sake of being hands-on. And guess what? If I'm a CEO in a startup and I'm fast-growing, I have a fast-growing organization, I got 60 people, we are growing really fast. And you know what? One of the things I need to do is have alignment within my organization. 
people who've grown startups into multi-million, billion-dollar organizations, Mark Benioff, for example, and his V2 mom, it's all about alignment. It's not just about being hands-on. It's about being hands-on in the right way. In Mark Benioff's case, it's hands-on to his V2 mom, right? Those are the things that are important to Mark. If I've got projects piling up on my desk and initiatives, and I need to get OKRs, implemented in my organization. If I can bring on a chief of staff that can help do those things and help me get these, I can get these projects implemented faster and done in the right way and have goals set that help to motivate and inspire people to achieve greater things, which a really good chief of staff can do. Why would I not do that? Okay, I want my organization to be successful and move towards my vision if I can bring on a chief of staff that can help me implement OKRs in a successful manner and, and do it in such a way that helps to create greater alignment in our organization as we're growing, that's a great thing. And that allows me to be hands-on in the areas that are much more important, customers and the products that we're building, for example. So that's an example of how you can use rhetoric to position and discuss the role in a positive light and in different ways attack the other person's position. The second argument that this person made was uh, another uh, straw man argument was that next you will have all VPs report to the chief of staff. So again, how do we, how do we counter that? Well, you can simply say, the role of the chief of staff is not about having VPs report to them. It is about the things we just discussed, helping to create greater alignment in the organization, helping to drive through the agenda that we are setting by working on various projects and initiatives, helping to set goals that are crystal clear and coherent to the organization, helping people within the organization to ensure that we are prioritizing and synchronizing the things that we are working on. This has nothing to do with VPs reporting to that person, to the chief of staff. It has to do with creating greater alignment so that we're all working and synchronizing towards the same goals together as a group of people synchronization that's what this is about this is not about having VPs report to the chief of staff and not the CEO so again uh, another uh, argument using various rhetoric tactics to um, dis dissuade and discredit that fallacious argument the third point that this person made was that adding a COS is an unnecessary waste of money and so how can you combat that well, again, you can say, look, I'm a, I'm a fast-growing organization. If the chief of staff can help to bring greater alignment and greater uniformity and greater synchronization about the things that we are working on as an organization and can help us move towards our future state at an accelerated, more disciplined, more effective manner, why would that be a waste of money? It's a great use of money. If I have to implement OKRs, and me as a CEO, I'm over here spending a bunch of time on, on a, implementing an OKR process. When I can bring in an expert, chief of staff, who knows everything about OKRs, by the way, knows how to implement OKRs, knows how to implement goals and the right types of goals and how to increase goal commitment through conveying the importance of the goal and by increasing self-efficacy so that people can believe they can achieve the goals, 
that's not a waste of money, I'm sorry to say. That's an effective use of money. All right, so that's rhetoric and how to um, defend against that uh, straw man argument that adding the chief of staff is an unnecessary waste of money. And then the final point that this person made was that adding a chief of staff takes you away from the action. And again, now we know from the research that Bain Consulting has done is that uh, most CEOs, one of their biggest dilemmas is on use of time. So how I use my time accordingly and what action am I you know, focusing on where to spend my time for example, having a meeting with customers or using my time to raise funds for the organization, which is important to, to our growing organization, we need to be raising capital, right? As I'm facing these decisions about where to spend my time and I have a really good chief of staff that understands my decision-making style, the values that are important to me and to our organization, understands what needs to be prioritized, I have a ready-made delegate that can represent me as appropriate and as needed so that I can be focused and involved in the action where I need to be most effective. So again, having a chief of staff allowed me to be much more involved in the right action, not just involved in action within an organization. So again, another example of how you can use the, uh, your knowledge of the role of the chief of staff to employ more effective use of rhetoric. Now it's important to be able to employ rhetoric um, within your, your interpersonal communications and within public discourses like this because if you allow somebody like this, this person, to dominate you or to dominate your positions, we know it happens based upon social dominance theory. People that are shamed are also shunned. And so if you allow yourself to be shamed or shunned within an organization, people will gravitate towards the more dominant person, even if they're wrong. So being able to articulate the role of the chief of staff with a positive vision and a unifying theme that gives it greater meaning and purpose is a very worthwhile and positive endeavor to do. As we've seen from this example, being able to push straw man arguments and being able to Articulate a positive view in the role of the chief of staff is an important skill to have. Now, we said at the beginning of this podcast that it's for advanced practitioners only. It's for anybody who has an interest in rhetoric and in promoting the role of the chief of staff in a positive light that gives it meaning and purpose so that the role can be much more effective within an organization so that people outside of organizations have a more positive understanding of the role itself. Thank you again for listening to this episode of Parminio.